The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum everyone, welcome to Sister Speak, you're here with me Mariam. Also joined with me in the studio is... Assalamu alaikum everyone, it's me Fareen. And today we'll be talking about exploring the intersectionality of being a Muslim girl and belonging to... Uh, and what it's like to be from a marginalised community. But before we start our show, what is our show about, Farine? So our show is a platform for Muslim girls to voice their own opinions on current events and issues and inform discussions on general topics such as religion, culture, etc. Please know all opinions and views are our own and we respect all other or similar opposing views. Yes, yeah, so just to reiterate, if uh, um, all opinions and views are on and we respect all other opposing views. If you want to join in the discussion, Farine, how can they join us? So you can call us on 015824818822 or you can send, send us a WhatsApp message on 0779481822. We're also live on Facebook at Inspire from Luton. And if after the show you have any thoughts or you want to, I don't know, recommend us a topic that you want to here on the show then you can message us on instagram at sister speak yes i would love to hear thought especially today i think talking about exploring the intersectionality of being a muslim girl i think there's so many things that we can delve into especially in terms of identity so we'd love to hear your thoughts um so the first segment of the show what we're doing is the thought of the week um so this this segment is where we delve into something that we're thinking about a reflection um perhaps a personal anecdote so farine what is your thought of the week um, everyone knows what my thought of the week is going to be if you uh, listen to the show and you know I'm a year 13 student. Today's the 16th of August, so everyone from on year 13, most of the people, they're probably thinking about results day and anxiety. And my thought of the week is literally about results day and how anxious I've been this week because when you finish your exams, it's been two months, but when you finish your exams, results day seems so far away that you're not like oh i just do it and now it's literally tomorrow so this week i've been really really anxious and i've been telling my parents and uh, my sister they're like you're gonna be fine you're gonna be fine but i just have this feeling of i'm not being really optimistic i feel like with my results and i just i'm just aim. i feel like in my mind i just think that i'm gonna fail everything um which obviously i'm hoping not to in there's like a 20 percent of me that's like oh my god i'm gonna fail i'm gonna fail but I'm trying to be really optimistic and I'm talking with my friends as well because we're all feeling obviously the same thing. And yeah, that's my thought of the week, how anxious I'm feeling about results today. Uh, well, I'm really sorry that you're feeling anxious, but it's uh, not to minimize what you're going through. It's quite normal for people to feel anxious, especially in when it comes to results days, because there's a huge pressure that's put on you uh, on that day because people have made it to be that this is your whole trajectory, life trajectory um, position on that day. And I don't think that's the case. I think a lot of people don't realize that whilst you have put so much effort to to ensure that you could do the best you can for your exams um it doesn't necessarily mean that if you don't get what you intended to, intended it's the end of the world it just means you may have to choose an alternative route or it could even be you know what if it goes well i think a lot of the times we always think what if it's the worst case scenario so perhaps we should frame it more what if it go well, what if it goes well and i think one of the things that we've mentioned before on the show is about having tawakkul and knowing that you put all your effort in and you exhausted all options and you tried your best and the rest is with allah and sometimes you might hate a thing that's good for you um, but you might love a thing that's bad for you. And I think that's a really profound way to kind of frame way, frame your thought processes because um, 
everything that you've done thus far is going to be uh, on the route on what you're, where you're going to go. So I think for you, just to kind of console yourself, it's quite important to kind of recognize that you've done everything in your capacity. And even if you felt like you haven't, it's in the past now and you've learned from it and you know that you can re-strategize in the future when you do have exams and how you can effectively study. Um, but now just to put your things into perspective, I don't think you should try i think I don't, I don't think you should put that much pressure on yourself and i think the only reason why people feel that pressure is because you spend two whole years dedicated to that one day um to you spend two years dedicated to studying and to ensure that that one day goes smoothly but alhamdulillah there's so many different options and tomorrow inspire and we'll have a show on how you can get through clearing and how you can um you know perhaps do foundation course if you don't get into the course that you want there's so many different opportunities that are available to you it's not necessary that if you don't get the grade it's it's your last kind of option that there's so many other options out there it's just making yourself literate and of course you should, when you're going to sixth form you have your tutors there they will be aware of it call different universities they're able to tell you whether they've got space um, a lot of universities they lower their entry requirements so perhaps uh, you wanted to go to a university and it was AAA and now it's going to be BBB I myself have worked in admissions and I don't definitely that's the case um, so just see it as an opportunity to kind of tomorrow just see it as an opportunity to kind of celebrate what how much effort you put i think there's a lot of onus on these grades i think grades are not deterministic of who you are whilst you might have an a star a b c d um if you worked really hard for it that does not does not measure how intelligent you are it just might measure you in terms of those two years but it doesn't mean that you don't have the potential or the capacity and i think that's something that you need to internalize as well as you grow older that your knowledge or your intelligence isn't contingent just on these things. It's more about how you kind of uh, interact with people, how you process information, how you're willing to learn about new things, as opposed to having a grade that will uh, demonstrate who you are. Unfortunately, in the in the real world, those grades are important in terms of logistics and in terms of operationally navigating certain job criteria, sure. But to, for your self-esteem, it shouldn't be the thing that frames everything for you. It's a bit, a bit long-waiting response. No, it's a, it's a good response. You've consoled me a little bit because honestly, I, my friends are feeling literally the same way, and we're trying to console each other. You know, like, oh no, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. But in my mind, I'm like, I'm, I don't know if I'm gonna feel, but I don't know, I'm gonna find. So, I think you know the um, social media, like going through TikTok, going through Instagram, everyone's talking about it, and this is making me more and more anxious all the time. Oh yeah, because it's all the only thing that it's coming on my for you page. What if what? And it's like. A such a such a big like thumbnail what happens if you don't get it? what happens it is and i just it's like a whole um how you say like a loophole going at what everyone's saying what everyone's experiences are and the sitting here i'm realizing not everyone's experience is going to be the same on results day and hasn't been and clearing is also a good um a good option if i don't get into the uni that i want so thank you mariam but i'm still gonna be really anxious no it's it's understandable and justifiable but just think about it that anxiety is going to be over on the next day yeah inshallah inshallah because uh, um, everything is pre-written it's, you do, it's your outcome is decreed already and of course you can make dua and you can make dua that Allah gives you something that's you know something that you want and your wishes however it's, it's always going to be in your best interest and then that's something that you have to repeat that Allah's not going to give me anything or do anything to me that's not out of my interest um, and the more you repeat that and the more you have positive thoughts of Allah 
the more things positively will go and even your mindset will feel more positive um, because in Hadith Qudsi it says Allah is what you think of him right so if you positively think of him and if you think he's the one that's a facilitator if you think he's the opener Al-Fatah then he'll open opportunities for you so having that positivity can implicitly and explicitly help you to navigate such processes but I hear you what you say it's it's very difficult because you worked so hard over the last two years and I think that's one of the things as well you learned so much in terms of yourself your self-development um, a lot of things about you had to go to, through certain scenarios whether that's through trying to get a certain grade or even just your social interactions you've become a, you've developed as a person over those last two years and I don't think you should forget that as well because that's kind of prepare you for the real world as well um, so there's just so much you can take away there's so much to celebrate so much to learn and to develop and it's just a process it's not just it's not the end goal it's, it's still yeah. a continuation of a process I think that's how you should view it so you just don't know which direction you're going to go but you know you're still in the process I think that's something that could help you yeah definitely helping me and I hope everyone who's listening relax <laughs> and listen to what Mariam's saying and tomorrow 8am by 9am we're all gonna be fine we're all gonna inshallah. know where we are inshallah inshallah Oh, thank you for your thought of the week. Um, I think it was a very important thought of the week and I hope for everyone that has their results there, I pray Allah makes it easy for you and I hope it goes well. And like I said, is just put your trust in him and everything should be fine, inshallah. And again, seek help where you can. So speak speak, speak to your lecture uh, speak to your teachers, speak to your family. If you're you know, if you do don't if you don't get the grades that you want, don't suffer in silence. Uh, you know, there's so many ways of around going around it logistically in terms of trying to get to the university you want to get to or another university but also internally in terms of your mental health really do take care of it um, and also I would say to people who are getting their results be conscious of your peers if your peers are upset try to kind of console them be there for them because all of you have gone this through this process together so you need to help each other out mm. Um, it's all a, it's all about teamwork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. If you want to let us know now how are you feeling, you can always call us on zero one five eight two four eight one eight two two, and you can tell us how you're feeling. If you have anxiety like me, <laughs> yeah, we can all share it. Sharing is caring. Um, but no, I think it's really important to be um, to be supportive of each other, irrespective of what grades you got. It, it don't remove the humanistic aspect of it. It's really important to take care of your emotions. Um, on that note. I want to ask you a question, and this I think is a very good segue, is what keeps you balanced? What keeps me balanced? Wow, that's a really good question. Balanced in terms of... It's very ambiguous. You can answer it in any way, shape or form you would like. I think I always try to have a balance between my uh, the time that I spend with myself and the time that I spend socializing because honestly socializing is so tiring and even with your family even with my siblings you just need that alone time and it's really hard when you're with so many people so how do i maintain a balance i just you know what i when i'm praying that's when i feel like i'm by my like just me and god and that's mm -hmm. that's how i balance it and then after i pray then all the chaos comes back again because my family is there or i'm going out with my friends but i think prayer is what keeps me balanced during the day and keeps me a bit at peace that's amazing. That's a wonderful thought. Um, I think it's. I think prayer is something that really does offer so much. It's not just about having your one-to-one -one interaction with Allah. I think there's so many other advantages of praying. For for instance, the discipline that you have to have to be able to make sure that you pray on time. Um, and 
even the idea of that you're submitting yourself. So if you're submitting to Allah, then you know that everything else around you is secondary or tertiary, but the primary focus and your primary uh, purpose in life is to please Allah. And also I feel like it does free you from the shackles of this world because if you're a slave of Allah, then you're free from being a slave to everything else. And sometimes it's very easy to become a slave of everything else, slave of your thoughts, slave of social media, slave of work. I think... It's very easy to become one-dimensional and allow that to control you. Whereas having those five pray- daily prayers allows you to free yourself from that. Now, actually, my ultimate um, purpose in life is to please Allah and He has ownership over me. No one else does. you know. And I think those things can really help you to feel at peace and feel, at ba- um, feel that spiritual inclination for you to continue to do those response, uh, those those um, obligations toward Allah. Yeah. For me, um, what keeps me balanced, I think, is very similar to you. Um, I wouldn't. I don't know if it's prayer itself, but I think just the the ideology that I will uphold myself to. So, having you know, premising my thinking on Islam, I think the way the more I think about Allah, the more I feel at peace, and the more I think, okay, how do I navigate? this certain situation and what would Allah want from me what's the kind of fit of it uh, I do think about that as well um, but also an emotionally understanding that there's balance there's, in Islam the whole perspective is to be in balance it's never it's, it's never in you know there's never imbalance between the two there's something in one area of life doesn't need to be in the expense of another and I think sometimes people think in a binary way but Islam is not like that it's very conscious of your um, day to day it's very individualistic and it's very collective as well and I think it's so beautiful because it's so it's all encompassing and that makes me feel so balanced within myself because I know Islam is taking is considering every aspect of me um, and at the same time I might not understand something and it, there might be rules in place that perhaps I'm, I don't have the hindsight for however I know that it's in my best interest and I think having those perspectives having good thoughts of Allah and having and understanding that this is for your betterment helps me to keep balanced. But also I think the people around me as well. I think having good company allows you to objectively screen yourself. It allows you to see when you introspect um, and the reflections that you get from introspection. It allows you to see whether that's aligned with the people around you, whether their perception of your their interaction with you reflects that too. Um, so I think good company and making sure that they are people who strive to please Allah as well. If not more, their journey of Islam should be better than you so you can feel like you have something high to strive for. Um, and also family. I think those kind of elements for me personally allows me to become a balanced person. And it's not to say that I'm always constantly balanced. I think there's a lot of imbalances because life fluctuates. But it's having those kind of processes in place to ensure that when you have those imbalances, who do you turn to? What is your thought processes? How do you reflect? Um, and especially for me, when I recently I went through quite a lot of turbulence, I had to go through these processes to understand, okay, this is where I stand and I have my support network around me to objectively screen the situation. But at the same time, ultimately, what would Allah want from me? Am I being just to myself um, in terms of, you know, with enduring things that I should, perhaps shouldn't be enduring or am I being unjust to other people around me because of my reaction, you know? Um, and those are conversations you have to have with yourself after introspecting. So I think for me, to to, re- to maintain a balance, I need a multiple factors to be able to navigate certain things. I don't think it's one single facet for me. 
Yeah, I think you're always going to feel overwhelmed. It doesn't matter what. It it could be something that you're like so stressed about and everything and you know, you're just focusing on that one thing and it has happened to me so many times where I just lose my balance because I'm focusing on that one stressful thing. Mm. Like results day for example and it's a because I'm so you know you're so nervous and you're so this that it impacts other people around you so even though they're not waiting for anything I'm making them nervous you know and that and going to uh, prayer I think it's so nice because you know when you're sitting by yourself on your phone then you know that anyone can come and like bother you but when you're in prayer no one can come and talk to you so I think that's why that's what keeps me balanced knowing that no one's going to talk to me and I'm just in my space oh my goodness I never thought about it like that when you're in prayer no one disturbs you because obviously they know you're praying they know you're praying but people don't res- it's not that people don't respect your space but people feel entitled to you when you're doing something else so obviously unless you communicate it yeah it's not that same I think that's the only space you have that's very exclusive very very profound thought actually um, so thank you for sharing that Farin. no worries okay. <laughs> okay so the next question I have is what should you slow down on what should I slow it down on? I think on one show I said speaking because I speak really fast. Do you remember? <laughs> I think I... I don't know. I'm not going to say speaking. I feel like I'm speaking at a nice pace now. I'm like conscious about it. What should I slow down on? I'm going to say socializing. I don't know why in some... Socializing as in virtually on my phone. And I've so I have so many thoughts of the week where I'm just saying how... Um, damaging it is to always be on my phone now that I don't have anything to do in summer I say it but I never put it in practice so I'm going to say slow down on scrolling on social media all the time and spending my free time on my phone mm, okay um, I'm going to ask because we only have four more minutes so I'm going to ask you a quick fire round for you in the past year what was the moment in which you felt the closest to Allah um, so in the past year so um, when my family member passed away so that was the moment where I was really really close to Allah and I was obviously you're really emotional you're really you don't want to talk with anyone so mm-hmm. that was the moment in my life that everything my like perspective changed because you know when someone passes away and you see it in other people in other family you want to go for condolences but you don't actually don't know what they're going through or well, when it's someone close to you and it's your family member then you just feel like you feel alone, but together in a sense, because everyone's coming to your house and everyone's kind of come give you condolences. But in your mind, you just, I, I remember I was just blank. There was, I didn't want to talk with anyone. I didn't want to do anything. But then you go to the janazah and I was experiencing it with my siblings. So that was the moment I, I think my family, we were just not talking to each other uh, in like real life, but we were all connected through uh, the janazah prayer or through the prayers that we were having mm-hmm. at home. So I'm going to say that was my moment. That's uh, I'm very well, well, sorry to hear about your family member passing. Okay. Allah got them the highest rank in general. Ameen, I think Ameen. I think that's something so beautiful beautiful about Islam. It's so collective, and whilst you can have your individual experience with Allah and your spiritual journey with Him, the sense of community is something that's really paramount in our religion. And I think that those moments you really need community to be able to navigate such difficulties and such obstacles. Um, Definitely, but, and I think. And I think it really reconsolidates the importance of relationships and kinships. And that's something that's really emphasized in our religion. So I think that's really beautiful that you were able to, in such darkness, you were able to find some sort of light and solace. Yeah. And you were able to feel that 
actually this brought your family together and this brought you closer to Allah and ultimately anything that brings you close to Allah is always a blessing irrespective of how you feel at that moment if it's bringing you closer to Allah what more can you want yeah you know? I think that's so that's really nice um for you to share it's so important to understand obviously that grief comes different in everyone but in my family it came it was the same for everyone but mm-hmm. we weren't talking to anyone but the community that we're part of they just knew they just know how you're feeling so yeah I think that's really beautiful the fact that we had community we had help during those dark times yeah especially that you came from Spain and sense of community perhaps what was probably wasn't there in Spain it just shows that Allah times everything so perfectly yeah definitely um, do you have any thoughts on that yeah definitely I feel like if I was in Spain and this happened we wouldn't have that the support that we had here and the fact that here we had this community which just, like we didn't have to worry about you know the all the whole process of like the janaza and everything we didn't have to worry about anything because they were handling it the community was handling it oh, and I think that was so beautiful because during those uh, times yeah, just yeah. Thank you for the community, and uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say now because I'm pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think what she's trying to say is that um, we do have a, a couple of seconds left, but I think what you're trying to round up to say is that it's it's so it's it's such a great thing to have a community because it allows you to help, um, have that support network when in your a support network in your time of difficulty, um, and I think for us. To, I think that's one of the things I mentioned in the earlier part of the show. Tomorrow is going to be a difficult day for a lot of people. And that's why it's really important that you are conscious and how your peers are feeling because ultimately it's a challenging time. In the next half of the show, we'll be talking about intersectionality. So do join us um, and we look too forward to hearing your thoughts. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. This is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Two sisters speak. You're here with me, Mariam. Also joined with me in the studio is Vereen. Um So in the first half of the show, we were talking about reflections. We were talking about results day. And in the second half, we will be continue to kind of do some reflections and perhaps touch upon the idea of intersectionality. Um, so the first question I'm going to ask you, Vereen, is when was the last time you faced a fear and how did you feel afterwards? Oh, these questions are so deep. They you look like need time to think about what is my what was my worst fear and how I processed it. No, just the last time you faced a fear oh, and how did you time. feel afterwards? So it could be anything. It doesn't need to be a huge fear. It could be for me personally. If I can go first, is I put I was in a in a social circle where I had to. Um, raise my hand and speak about something oh my god i hate those ones <laughs> and that was a that was a fear that i have because i just dislike being speaking in circles like that and i felt really really anxious when i was doing it my heart was racing and then once i did it i felt so good about myself and i think that's kind of it's quite a persistent feeling but anyways i digress go back to you i don't know Mariam, honestly i understand you completely i remember i used to go to this um the volunteering thing every saturday and every saturday we used to be in a circle like you're saying and we had to say our name just literally our name so we know who we're gonna pair up <laughs> pair up with and i remember my heart was raising my heart my hands were shaking and then in the moment you just go i just had to say farine and you could tell like my voice was shaking 
thing and it's literally i don't even have to say like i don't know the periodic table i just literally just had to say my name but just in front of so it was like 20 people it's so it's not fear but I just you get so much like anxious you get so nervous that you're gonna do something wrong so i completely understand you and it's such a valid fear <laughs> how did you feel afterwards after you said your name I be, because my friends were around so you just go like walk, watching around everyone's reactions what they're thinking about you that's so, so that's what I did I think I used to be like that when I was younger when they used to say the register and you have to like prepare for your name yeah well, it's, it's a really strange phenomenon to be honest but I think why do we feel so nervous it's just it's the fear it's not the fear of speaking it's the fear of how people are going to pe- receive that or perceive us if you, we say it wrong yeah you just reminded me of something when I came so when I came for my first year of high school after Spain and everything um, in in form you the obviously the teacher says your name and then you have to say here here so I remember I didn't want anyone to know that I was like foreign that I just came so I used to say hey in like a British accent so no one would understand that no one would think it but then I would speak in an American accent so everyone would be like why is she like doing and then my friend called my friend told me she was like why are you saying hey hey it's because when you say it and i think my my thought process was if i say it how everyone's saying it no one's gonna know that it's me in that form because i was so nervous that if i say here everyone's gonna be like why is she talking like this why is she talking like that so yeah just a really anecdote that i went through for a whole year i was doing this just because i was nervous that everyone was gonna think that i'm foreign but then in terms of well personally that's really i'm really sorry to hear that you had to go through that because the fact that you felt like you had to assimilate as opposed to integrate shows that your class perhaps were not the most comforting place to be in or the environment but peer pressure is a huge thing in those kind of settings um but i'm glad you kind of overcame it how did you overcome it i grew out of it i started making friends around when we finished high school i had like two friends and they just made me feel so comfortable you know when i speak obviously i didn't speak english in spain obviously so here i speak it more often so i was talking with them and you know when you get stuck or something they would like help me or they would wait and that made me feel so comfortable and honestly mm-hmm. i'm so grateful for that those two friends that i made in high school that whenever i was speaking and i would get stuck they would finish the sentence for me or they would tell me what it was like i just felt so comfortable asking them for example what is this i knew the spanish word i just had to ask them to translate it in english and i think being surrounded by people that make you feel comfortable and you know everyone makes mistakes maybe they are thinking the same thing even though they're like from here so um, that's how i overcame him i just became really close with these two girls and they helped me throughout this well I w- i'm very grateful for those two friends because without them you'd not be here to be honest i wouldn't i actually wouldn't that confidence did not rise so i think see how important it is to have good company um and i think that if you even look at your own reflection you're literally on a radio show and before you were scared to say here hurt and yeah, I got a black like present here. Yeah, no, I can't say the American accent. So. <laughs> <laughs> but to say here in an American accent, um, and it just shows that you know you have to be able to go through really uncomfortable experiences to be able to go out your comfort zone and to be able to kind of progress and to see the successful side of things. Because had you not gone through those processes and had you not been uncomfortable and had you not gone through that process, perhaps you might not have been here today on a radio show you know speaking about incredible topics sharing your passion sharing your ideas and really being able to navigate a conversation and that's not a skill that's everyone has i think for you to have this ability especially after knowing so many languages it's incredible um, oh, thank you Mario. achievement so it's a very incredible achievement. i always try to showcase that because i think <laughs> it's really important to kind of celebrate those kind of wins for yourself especially when you're in sixth form it takes a lot of confidence i don't think i would have been able to do it in sixth form not at all so 
it's a, it's a huge achievement. Well done, Farine. Thank you, thank you. Honestly, I compare it all the time. Obviously, my dad, he saw me, he saw this development because I was living with my dad. Then we came here, and I remember he used to push me and my sister. We were the old, we're the oldest ones in our family. He used to push us to if we had to go to a shop or ask for I don't know takeaway or something for us to do it on the phone so we can practice how it is. Because if my dad does everything for us, then we're not gonna have that. You know, oh, I can do it. I can speak in English. I can speak on the phone because. I've said it so many times. I do not understand the British accent on the phone when I first came here. Now I do. But those first moments, me and my sister used to be like, no, no, you do it, you do it. My dad was like, no, you're going to do it or we're not going to order takeaway. We're just like, okay, okay. So I'm also really grateful for for my dad to, you know, they, he is the one that pushed me and my sister out of our comfort zone. And when I compare it to now, I wouldn't, been, I wouldn't have been where I am without him. <laughs> Obviously, in all aspects. That's so sweet, and I think your dad did the. I think your dad did a great job in terms of trying to encourage you both to be able to go in your out of your comfort zone and to to kind of help you to integrate um, as much as you can because this is part of your community now. You know, you came to the UK. This is your home, and you should feel comfortable to be able to speak. Um, and I, th- I think even if you travel around the UK, to be honest, sometimes I don't even understand certain accents. Sometimes people don't even understand my accent. It's okay. People have different dialects. I think it's just being empathetic and understanding. And I think people should not misconstrue the, the notion that if you speak a certain way, it measures your intelligence. I disagree with that concept completely. In fact, I saw this very nice quote the other day. If someone is speaking in quote-unquote broken English, yeah, it I means that they know four other languages for the fact that they have to speak broken English to you and you only know one. And I just think, I just thought that is such a so powerful true. way of framing things because a lot of people feel that they have to assimilate in terms of accents even um, to ensure that people don't see them or they don't feel othered by the other person and I think that's really important to kind of celebrate when you do have this diverse aspect of you and that's about intersectionality having different aspects of your identity that all kind of algamate to make you one you have your Spanish identity you have you're forming your British identity or you are in your British identity now um, then you have your Muslim identity and then you have your heritage in terms of being Indian and I think all of those things can be celebrated and they can all be championed and they all make you who you are and I think people who tend to you know be one dimensional and cannot foresee that are people that probably are problematic firstly and secondly or they just they lack the ability to see beyond one dimension they're really uh, uh close close minded yeah close minded or perhaps even they might be ignorant not in a malicious way it's just they've never met people with these kind of intersectionalities so it's really important that you champion yourself i think that's the fundamental thing you have to champion yourself and champion the people around you as well because that's how communities thrive when you're supporting one another um, and then for me, my identity, I've always been very proud Muslim. I think my cultural background was always kind of in the backseat because I, f- I faced a lot of negativity being a Muslim um, institutionally. So for me, I've always been very unapologetic about my faith, very proud that I'm a Muslim. And I'm always find- was keen to kind of showcase that, look how beautiful my religion is. It, it's, it allows me to strive for the best person I can be um, in terms of my character. And I think that's something that, should be exhibited in you in in terms of how you work and people should praise you and think okay she's a muslim that's why she works like this you know for me that's a very important notion um so yeah i think i digress any thoughts farine yeah i think because we we like for me for example when i say wear hijab i'm like literally 
showcasing that I am, you know, mm. Muslim. You're just showing it to everyone. And I think I said it in another show, but wearing it and not wearing it is such a like a big difference because when I'm not wearing it, the first thing that everyone thinks is maybe oh she's Indian because I just look Indian. But now that I'm wearing it, the first thing that they think it's Muslim. And I think that's so that's so beautiful because that's why that's how I want to be identified as before like the first thing. Mm, absolutely i think i think and i think that sometimes it is difficult and it's not to say that there isn't challenges that comes with wearing a hijab and being um identifiable as a muslim because there's islam islamophobia is very prevalent and actually even you if you look at european history look at the bosnian genocide it was through islamophobia so i think it's really important to understand that whilst there are challenges there that are present um I think you have to be able to have a balanced view of things. I think you can't disregard the difficulties that come with it. And I think that's why community is so important to be able to represent yourself in different circles, to normalize wearing hijab, to normalize that you as a person have all these aspects of your identity, but that doesn't make you any less than anyone else. Um, so, yeah, I think that's my final thoughts on that. Moving on to the next question, which is, uh, I, I like to talk about emotions a lot because emotional intelligence is important and reflection. Atomic Habits is about the book. <laughs> atomic, atomic Habits is not really, it's, Atomic Habits more about how you can cultivate good habits to make you a more productive and conducive person. But I think I'm, I'm reading uh, Ghazali, Imam Ghazali a lot lately and uh, I, I think I was quite interested in emotional intelligence always. I think that's something that's very important to me because I feel that like that derives from our religion. Um, but moving on to the question now. <laughs> um, what are you preventing yourself from feeling? Oh, what am I preventing myself from feeling? I don't want to feel like I'm a failure because of my results. Is that all I can think about? But that's what I'm preventing. Like I'm trying to be really optimistic about it mm-hmm. so because it's so recent i'm not sorry i'm saying everything because i have a result today but that's literally what i'm trying to don't apologize myself. that's your feelings yeah that's what i'm trying to prevent i'm trying to be more optimistic and think that everything's for the best honestly like if if i don't get the grades that i want then i can always there's so many other options and that's what i'm preventing from i'm trying not to have negative thoughts about what the result's going to be tomorrow yeah, I think it's a very big day. I would we'd love to hear reflections next year and, and not next year, next week. Next, ne- next yeah, week. tune in next week and I'll let you guys know my great, no my great. I'll let you, I'll let you guys know how like the whole experience and everything. And yeah. I want to let I want to know all of you guys' um, feelings and thoughts as well. So if you want to join now as well, you can always call us or WhatsApp us. And next week, let us know your experiences as well. If they want to call us or WhatsApp us, how can they do that? So you can call us on 0158248822. And if you want to WhatsApp us, your experiences, 0779481822. We're always happy to hear what you're thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And it could be anonymous as well. You don't have to say your name. We'd just love to hear your thoughts. Um, do you think preventing yourself from feeling is healthy? Or is it, can it be healthy or how, what do you think it is? Do you think it's healthy or is it not healthy? It depends. I think it depends on the, f- on what you're feeling. Absolutely. So if, for example, if you're feeling, if you're feeling that you, you, I don't know, you're being discriminated and you're feeling really angry about it, I think speaking out is so important. So I wouldn't prevent myself from feeling angry because I'm, this is what's happening with me. This is the, what the situation is. But um, it's, it's a hard one because what, what kind of feelings would you say you want to pretend, prevent from feeling? I think, I think all feelings it. shouldn't be prevented. I think you sh- you're entitled and you should be able to feel every emotion. It's just how much you allow it to reside within you is what you need to prevent. So you, if it's if it's consuming you and it's paralyzing you, that's when you have to intervene within yourself or intervene in terms of getting help to navigate those big emotions. But I don't think 
you should try to resist emotions that you feel because that's a very natural process whether it's anger um whether it's how it's exhibited and how it's demonstrated perhaps more so than that in terms of if you're angry and you're going to punch someone yeah, then yeah. you need to prevent your actions but to feel the emotions i don't think i don't think you should prevent yourself from um feeling any type of emotion i think you should allow so allow allow yourself to go through those emotions but you should have the tools in place or the techniques in place to be able to govern them and to know what can reside and what shouldn't reside within you um and even understanding how much time you should give for each of these emotions because as it, as we have discussed in the early part of the show it's all about balance and you need to ensure that you don't have an imbalance because sometimes emotions can translate in your physical um you know the way you physically feel so if you're if you're really anxious or if you're nervous about something it will it can uh, explicitly come in terms of how you how you feel about this situation but also how your body reacts um so i think if you to answer the question i think um for personally what are you what are you preventing yourself from feeling for myself i think i'm preventing myself feeling a whole host of emotions i don't think i'm preventing i think it's just i know these emotions are present and i'm trying to kind of bring them to the forefront sometimes they're very aggressive sometimes they're not it's kind of understanding what my emotions are because i had such a turbulent couple of weeks i think it's just understanding okay the feelings that i had then they were very pre- they were very prevalent and they were in the forefront um and i allow those emotions to pass pass but i think they're still prevalent within me so i just don't know if i have those emotions still within me or not i'm i'm trying to kind of navigate, navigate through it yeah navigate through through it yeah i think it's, i don't think it's healthy at all to suppress anything you're feeling even if you're feeling mm-hmm. happy sad angry it's always going to come out one way or the other honestly and yeah. it's gonna if you're feeling really really angry and for example you so it happened to me if i was feeling really really angry about something and i didn't want to tell anyone and then just one day i don't know what i i poor my poor brother i just took it out of him and it's just if because i suppressed it in the moment so um, i i think it's so unhealthy to do that and you're just thinking about that all the time as well so yeah don't suppress your feelings and it's something that i'm trying to work on as well and you you don't have to apologize for what you're feeling i think that's really also important to understand i think i think it's really important being conscious of those emotions because like you said if you don't be conscious and if you don't govern them then it's going to affect the people around you and it's not fair on them to be able to feel the grunt of your emotions and i think that's why introspection is really important because you're exercising um the ability to reflect on your emotional well-being or emotional state and how that how that pans out um is something that you're going to have to take accountability and own ownership of so thank you Farine for sharing that because i think it's very easy for us to talk about these things but actually in in practice a lot of us go through these day to day and we need to know how we can navigate them how to identify them because sometimes people lack the self awareness they may think they're self aware and they may project these kind of feelings on people without understanding the implication of that and so that's why i really focus on having introspection and sometimes Uh, if a couple, if a people around you are saying okay this is my experience of you and multiple people are saying this is the experience of you then it needs to be a point of consideration and my you might not agree fully but there needs to be a point of consideration um but that's only if you're open minded if you're closed minded you won't be able to kind of have hindsight so it's really important to be able to challenge yourself if you are if you're quite pedant if you're it's important to challenge yourself if you have a one time um, dimension of you and you're not willing to hear another person's perspective whilst you might think you're hearing another person whilst uh, 
Okay, well, it's okay, Maria. <laughs> okay. We hear you. We hear you. <laughs> well, I'm saying, whilst you might think you're hearing another person's perspective, it might not be the fact that you're actually absorbing what they're saying, and that yeah. and that hindering you from actually um, improving yourself. Yeah, I think you know when you're hearing uh, someone else's perspective. It, so when you're hearing someone else's perspective um, from the other side, you know what happens is sometimes you just think of what your your perspective is and how you're gonna yeah. say that to other people, yeah. but you don't actually you're not actually listening to what the other person's saying. So I think that's really really true. Yeah, sorry for everyone that's listening. I had a very long day, um, and I'm not feeling very well. So it's okay, Mariam. You can project your emotions. I can project my emotions. I can I can share my emotions. It's not been a very good day for me, so I'm finding it hard to articulate myself. But that's okay. We can continue this conversation. Um, okay. So the next question I have is, what are you struggling to let go that no longer serves you? <laughs> that's so relevant oh. for me. <laughs> you should answer the question. You go ahead first, then. I think about too mine. many things I think I just th- I think certain ideas of people or having people in my life or the idea of them it's very hard for me to let go um, that they no longer serve me and they're not positively impacting me in, in fact they're doing the complete opposite I think that's something that's been quite difficult for me to kind of um, hold myself account to whilst everyone around me is saying okay you need to let go I think the ability to do that is not something that's happening for me so i think uh, i think i'm struggling with that i think i've i've come to a better space and better time and i think that slowly slowly i'm able to let go and let go of how i've been impacted but i think it's still it's still a struggle it's it's not something that i can say i've overcome yet i think i'm in the process yeah yeah i i relate to you you know i'm going to say the the same thing um i tend to take with me every like what I think that other people are thinking about me. So obviously, you don't. I don't know what completely they're thinking about me or for the first impression. But it's something that I tend to do, and it's really, really toxic actually because I get like um, I do. I not. I can't sleep. Or when there's an embarrassing moment that happened to me or something like that, I just can't let it go. And all I'm thinking is, what are the other person? What's the other person thinking? What's the other person thinking? And that other person, they maybe don't even know that something happened to me. They don't. They, they don't care. They don't care. But I take it with me and it stays with me for weeks, like two or three weeks, proper two or three weeks. All I'm doing is thinking about it, thinking about it. And then when I see them the next, I don't know, after those three weeks or something, I don't even bring it up. They don't bring it up. And I'm just like at peace. And then after that, I can do it. But it's really hard for me to let other people's opinions go. And if they say it to me, like in my face, it stays with me for like months. Mm. So I have to work on that. I think it's again. It's about. Um, it's, I completely hear you, and I resonate with you because that used to be me. That literally used to be me. Um, and I think one of the things that you mentioned is really true: is that the fact that these people are not thinking even for a millisecond about you, and you're thinking about them all, all day. All the time, yeah. So there's an imbalance there. Firstly, secondly, if, even if they have this opinion on you and it's misconstrued, that's their opinion, and it's just an opinion. You know yourself. The people that are around you that love you and know you know you and if you have if they have a misconception and you try to address it and they still stay staunch in terms of holding that view then they're not the right people to interact with anyways that's that's a revelation that you need to have anyways for you to be able to progress and to have a healthy circle so that that's the way i can view things if people are insisting to misunderstand you then you need to walk away because you don't need that kind of energy in your life you need the people that understand you that are willing to understand you they may not understand you in all aspects because you may not even understand yourself in all aspects but they're willing to be empathetic towards you and they 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 want to invest in your potential and they want to 
you know stand with you um and i think that's a process that you kind of learn as you grow older because you realize that you don't have the time or space or energy to be able to think about these things because there's just so much other commitments that you have yeah um so I think it, because I'm in my free time that that's all I can think about. I think self-esteem as well, having a sense of self-esteem, and I think you've went through a lot of difficulties, perhaps that has shaped the your self self-esteem. But I think even being around people who build your confidence is really important, especially when you like it. Um, and that's not to say that you know p- people should fill those gaps because you yourself have to proactively build them. But you should have support system that help you, you know, help you along the way in, in terms of building it. Um, so thank you for sharing that thought. Of, uh, on that question um okay we do have a very, a very short time left should we do a, like a rapid fire question now no this is a good question i, I feel like it's a it's it's a, it's a different sh- it's a shift from what we've been talking about the whole show All right. um if you were to start a new business today what would it be oh wow <laughs> that's this is a lighthearted question i like this question i know you did that's why i did the last question <laughs> i think to start a business i'm really i really like clothes but in, when i say clothes i really like um like um like modest clothes like a, a, a bias and stuff like that and that's what my business would be a bias hijabs um and i would also like you know those oh my god uh, i would also start a business you know those things where this is like how do you say the um, box uh, that the, you put on the wall posters yeah like a poster thing but it's when it's written like allow bismillah on oh, it calligraphy yeah or oh, i would love to start a business like that but because i'm not like i don't have the like my sister does the creative side where you can like draw anything that you want it takes me ages to draw something but if i had that skill i would love to have a business like that because i feel like it's so i see tiktoks about it and i see how they're doing it and they're like it's there's so much you know going into it and stuff like that and i would just love to start a business like that that's very therapeutic yeah, I don't know why it feels when you see someone else doing it, it feels like there's so much peace just doing the thing. And they put like a sheet in the background and it just makes me feel like I want to do this as well. I'm, I feel like I'm going to feel so much peace. But I know I don't have the skill to do it because I know I, I draw and I write like when I have to do a poster or something, I always get my sister to do it. So if she starts it, I'm going to support it. I think you can do it yourself as well, because I did some calligraphy um, when I was, I think your age, maybe a bit older actually your age maybe and um, I was like you I have no artistic skills when I was young I was very good at art actually I was very good I used to instead of colouring books I used to draw the picture of the colouring book Um, I don't know where it's gone now I can't even draw to save my life but there was like this calligraphy course that I did and the way you kind of develop that skill is through practice with anything you yeah, have yeah, to that's practice. True. So I think I think if you want to really do it you can definitely even when you go to university there might be a calligraphy society I'm going to join it I love it. And it's something that I've been um, telling my sister about it. And she just does it in front of me. And I'm like, how are you doing this? I think I'm just, I have just have to learn it. But I would love to start a business You can watch like a lot of YouTube videos on yeah. how to do calligraphy. You just need to buy the tools and you kind of practice. Um, and there's like booklets out, out there as well that you can just print out and practice ink with ink how to do calligraphy. So I think one of the main kind of takeaways is that if you really want to start something, there's so much resources out there. So if you feel like you don't have the skill, go acquire it. There's so much research out there. You just have to practice. No one is, and yes, talent, um, you know, is something that some people are born with and they can do it, but it doesn't compensate for strategy. Strategy is something that can actually build lots of talents. And I think people don't see that see it in that way. Um, there's so many things that I wasn't very good at. For example, I wasn't very good at public speaking in terms of radio. Sometimes I have my off days, like for instance today, um, but it, it's something that I acquired. So I think it's really important to learn that if you really want to do something, just go try it and try to refine and try to develop it. 
Any final thoughts? You know the excuse thing is so real. I was making so many excuses like, oh, I don't have the, I don't have the art to be done with. I'm gonna make it my sister do it. Now you're putting things into perspective. There's so many things that I can do to actually learn it. That like, they, like you said, I can buy a booklet. I can just learn it on YouTube. All I'm thinking is my sister will do it. My sister will do it because she has like the art, like the creative side. But yeah, I'm just, I was just making up excuses. Now there was like a cloud of things that were, what am I gonna do? And now. You cleared it up, Mariam. Thank you. So can I be your first customer? <laughs> yes, you can. I'm, I'm going to give it to you for free. I'm now to be your first customer. <laughs> can I be your first customer? Would you of give me that honour? Of course you can. Anyone who's listening, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sign now. <laughs> In the future, inshallah. I think, that's a, I think we had a very good, interesting show today. We talked about various things. And I think self-reflection is very important for us, especially in the Sister Speak team. Join us next week where we will continue this conversation. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.